Welcome to Words and Ways, a mini podcast from Young Life, where our goal is to get to know and become more like Jesus each day. One of the best ways to do this is to spend time in God's Word. But sometimes, the stories in the Bible get so familiar that we might stop expecting to see and learn new things. So join us each week as we dive into Scripture, believing that there's always more to see, always more to learn, and always more to experience. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5-13 through 13. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, this is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord's Prayer is one of the most familiar and memorized passages of all time, even for people who don't believe the Bible and who don't follow Jesus. We don't speak 16th century English anymore, but most people know the 16th century version of the prayer that was translated by William Tyndale, with all its archaic these and thous and arts and hallowids and trespasses and trespassers, or maybe debts and debtors, depending on your upbringing and tradition. Plenty of ink has been spilled analyzing the prayer in detail, each word, phrase, and line. Go ahead and do a search for books about the Lord's Prayer and see just how many there are. And that's just the newer ones that are still in print. Details about each word, phrase, and line matter, of course. The nitty-gritty of Christian doctrine and dogma give us direction and guidance and confident hope. But the nitty-gritty exists within a larger frame, and that frame matters too because it helps hold things together, giving it shape and form and purpose. And like all things having to do with God, the frame of the Lord's Prayer is both simple and complex. First, the frame is both singular and communal. It's singular in this way. God is one. There is one Father we pray to, one name we keep holy, one kingdom that is both now and not yet, and one will that we're called to obey. The world sees this kind of singularity as stifling and narrow-minded, old-fashioned, basically as a buzzkill. But when the singularity is true, as this one is, it's empowering and emancipating and exhilarating and glorious. It provides a rock-solid foundation on which we can live and breathe and flourish. There is one Father, 
singular. But he is enough for everyone because though he is one, he is communal, both within himself as a Trinitarian God, but also with us, his people. He is our Father, who provides our daily needs, who protects us from temptation, and who delivers us from the evil one. A faith that is mostly about me, myself, and mine is not the faith that Jesus calls us to. The Bible is not mostly about my personal relationship with my own Jesus. That reduces faith to something one-dimensional and self-centered, which is the very thing that Jesus came to rescue us from. It's strange that just before teaching this communal prayer, Jesus said, Go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father alone in private. But that's just the kind of strangeness that we see all over Scripture. Here, we are invited to approach our glorious Heavenly Father as undeserving individual human beings and to then address Him as our communal Father because we do not love Him, follow Him, obey Him, or belong to Him in isolation. We are part of a family, and calling Him our Father reminds us of that even when we pray alone. Second, the frame of the Lord's Prayer is both earthy and earthly and cosmic. What's more earthy than a father? What's more earthy than a personal name? What's more earthy than daily bread? What's more earthy than, well, earth? The Lord's Prayer isn't wrapped in lofty, esoteric language and concepts. It addresses the everyday, here and now, earthy and earthly realities of life, while also positioning them within a huge frame of cosmic truth, the heavenly realms, the holy name, the kingdom of God, and the evil one. Our earthy, earthly life is lived within a cosmic, eternal reality. Our God and his creation are beyond imagination. Our God's infinite glory cannot be grasped. And at the same time, our God is our Father, who feeds us and leads us and holds us and helps us, here and now, in our earthy, earthly lives. There are two other little things about the Lord's Prayer that usually get lost in our modern English translations. The first is in this line, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That word flow makes sense to us, but in the original language, Heaven comes first, like this. Your will be done, as in heaven, on earth. Heaven, the place where God is, that's the focus. That's the model. That's the goal. We could say it this way. As your will is done in heaven, may it also be done on earth. This doesn't imply some passive, may it be so, or some indirect, may it come to pass. This statement implies a directly active response on our part. This is talking about us living and acting and thinking obediently, doing God's will here and now with heavenly faithfulness. And the second is in the very first two words of the Lord's Prayer as we say it, our Father. That's how possessive pronouns work in modern English. My book, your coffee, his hammock, her water bottle, their phones, our Father. The person comes before the thing, which is so very human of us, isn't it? 
But in all the earliest and original languages, whether they were spoken or written, the Lord's Prayer literally starts like this. Father of us. We don't talk that way, so we translate it as our Father. But really, Father is first. Father is the focus. Father is primary. And then the shocking, amazing, undeserved addition is us. We are included in the family. We are included in the story. We are included in the prayer. Father of us. Father who is in heaven. Father whose name is holy. He is our Father. For sure, read some of those books about the Lord's Prayer. They're important and they're good. Pay attention to all the words and the phrases and the lines of the prayer. Think about their purpose, their provision, their protection, their praise. But for today, think about the frame. That this personal prayer about a singular God is actually communal. And that this cosmic story about the heavenly Lord is also an earthy story because he is our Father who invites us to enter his presence and fall into his arms and speak directly to him each and every moment about all the earthy things that fill our earthly days, to which we can confidently say, Amen and Amen. Thanks for joining us in the words and ways of Jesus. Check out the program notes for written scripts, discussion questions, and additional resources. Our hope is that the words and ways of Jesus transform your mind, fill your heart, and encourage your soul today and every day.